tease The ratchet's gambling of 82 You came to me, but I was born to you That was the Bar Brothers, Defibrillation. It's one of our favorites recently. They're awesome. You actually introduced me to them. I don't remember that, but I believe oh, you. it's through your, your Spotify introduced them to me. I'm, I'm proud of my Spotify <laughs> playlist. It's a good one. You've been working on it for a while. Mm-hmm. So everybody check out the Bar Brothers. They're awesome. They're good. So we got into some personal stuff last time. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about how we each have come to non-duality. And, uh, you know, we'll just continue in that trajectory. I was talking about, you know, growing up as a Christian in a Christian church. And uh, a lot of that thought seems to be fairly dualistic. Uh, talking about sin, for instance, is a, one of the things that um, you talk a lot about <laughs> or people talk a lot about in churches and you sort of are coached or you know told that you will find this sin within yourself you know so immediately you're taught to sort of like um, judge good from bad right and then the whole idea of like you know, God forgiving sin through Christ is another one of the beliefs or tenets that um, sort of goes along with that. And, uh, you know, so I t started talking about that and maybe I wasn't as clear as I wanted to be about, you know, this place that I've arrived at. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. And I hope you'll talk a little bit more about your experience. Yeah, I will. I was curious, like, you know, because you had a little bit different of a background than me. Then, what was it that moved you through, like, the spiritual process of like being a Christian to where you are now? Hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, I kind of grew up in that environment and, you know, it's interesting because like, I think a lot of people, even when they're pretty young, like I've worked with kids for a long time, you know, so kids like 11 to, you know, college age. Um, and, uh, a lot of people who are sort of raised in a similar environment as me start to have questions about the things that they're taught and beliefs when they're, you know, adolescents. And so similar for me, you know, I was sort of like hearing these things taught and then um, you always have questions, right? So um, like, for instance, you're, you're sort of taught uh, in Christian churches that um, you have to believe a certain thing in order to be saved or to go to heaven 
and uh, then and it and it's sort of this like you know everybody needs to hear this message and then like agree to it or believe it in order to be to be saved right to go to heaven mm -hmm. and um, you start to question it even when you're you, you start to question that whole belief when you're you can form these questions when you're like a young kid <laughs> like 11 or 12 years old like what about other people who like would never hear the things that we're hearing right you know, in Christian churches and how do they you know what do they ever even like get a chance to grab onto those beliefs right so I don't know I think that whole questioning thing is like a really normal thing to have happen in your as you grow up you know mm -hmm. you start to question everything when you're an adolescent but like you start to question those things and then like you know you get sort of shoddy answers to them <laughs> until until you arrive at a place where maybe you stop relying on um, black and white thinking the dualistic thinking does that make sense so it's at some point there were these questions that came up because what you were being told wasn't really squaring with things yeah like you were wanting right so you know these questions come up and there's kind of you you want to know you want the truth right mm -hmm. and that's kind of mm -hmm. part of finding the truth is entertaining a little bit of doubt right and so mm -hmm. you were asking these questions doubting a little bit and maybe you'd get some answers here and there but nothing was quite really yeah. meeting these questions on a level right yeah like you get um you know people are trying to answer these questions from the logical mind mm -hmm. or the dualistic mind the thinking brain right and it just doesn't you just continue to have these questions there's this whole movement you know there has been in um the christian faith of like trying to prove <laughs> the bible is true or god's existence or you know like the reality historical reality of christ and you know his life and stuff like that and you know i mean i accept those things as true and mostly uh, factual right but it doesn't like satisfy this other way of thinking i guess mm -hmm. and so you get these these answers that are sort of like logically true maybe that sort of quote-unquote prove something but then there's always this sort of like seed of doubt i think that exists there for a lot of us you know and until you can sort of like move into a different frame or mindset then it doesn't really like square was that was that hard for you to as you were moving you know asking these questions moving through 
some of this doubt looking for answers. You said there was a point where you kind of had to learn to not just depend on like a logical, like kind of left brain process. Was that was that hard to learn to trust or no? Or was it just, did it um, feel natural or was there conflict? Or? Yeah, it was sort of relieving to to realize like maybe you don't have to have the answers, you know, because maybe like for a lot of people, including myself, you feel sort of alone, you know, because ever like the the dominant voices are saying, you know, it's true, it's true, believe it, you know, trying to say this is why it's true and prove it like logically um and you feel alone in your doubt i guess you know and you feel not like not allowed to doubt or question those things how'd you deal with that like it's wrong i think i just kind of kept it i stayed in the closet you know, you know like mm. i didn't want to like reveal the fact that i was not really buying it fully makes me wonder how many other people are doing that i think a lot of people are i talk to a lot of people who are or have like been there at different points in their lives like i said i think a lot of it starts at that point in adolescence where you know you start to question everything you know you just start to sift through what you believe and what you don't believe and and then like for some people it just kind of like you get stuck there and maybe like even in adulthood they continue to experience the same sort of dissonance you know like what the dominant voices are saying and then like what your but what your inner experience is is sort of like dissonant with that so I don't know do you think that's true that a lot of people are yeah, I mean, for myself, I mean, I think a long time ago I started realizing, oh, just, okay, just because I'm having an understanding about something or, an, an you know, a revelation about something, it isn't just mine. If I am, other people are for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think when people sort of like, when, you know, a mentor or someone who was like, alongside me or whatever like telling me that they had doubts too or you know that it was okay and actually like helpful to doubt and stuff and challenge thinking and stuff like that that was really helpful and then you sort of like don't feel alone anymore mm -hmm. in it you know mm -hmm. and it's like we were talking a few episodes ago like it's nice to have someone to do that with yeah it's hugely important yeah like so you're not you're not like worshiping sacred cows and that feels false and like it's not connecting but you know doubting and questioning together feels a lot more productive and like connect there's a lot of connection in that i feel like so yeah that felt it was hard. It's hard because you feel like you're gonna be condemned or something. Because if you don't like accept the conventional wisdom, 
um, that part was hard and you feel alone like I said but then like having someone like okay it and give you permission to do that wrestling is is really nice you know and, th and then I just sort of like followed that and I'm still like on that path of like shooting out of the mainstream mm -hmm. <laughs> conventional understanding you know like pushing out the edges of what a lot of people who are share my faith are accept as orthodoxy so what's your experience like now yeah i mean it's this it just kind of continues right and you know it's like we've talked there's some helpful um tension between like holding on to sort of like tradition and like what what has been before and also like pushing into new territory mm -hmm. so i feel that tension a lot and like i said i feel like i kind of like exist between two worlds in some ways or camps you know mm -hmm. the like conservative sort of beliefs and then like shooting off into something that's not conservative at all um so i yeah i kind of pass between the two camps i think a lot because like yeah i don't i don't um i don't need to like discard my faith because a lot of the things that are there are beautiful and helpful to me and i think true but then also like I feel this need to like continue to push out of that. And it's those things like, you know, those questions that come up that are like, you know, what do we do with other people who don't share our faith or like these thousands of years old traditions that are other religions or like spiritualities or belief systems. Like to me, it's sort of stupid to just discard those as untrue, mm -hmm. you know? Like that's also unwise, I feel like, you know, because there's just as much tradition and richness and stuff like that there, you know? So those, those questions like, and those tensions like, um, continue to be there. Like, I feel like I wrestle with those continually. So, but you feel like you can maintain your, your faith while like you said kind of shooting out into this new territory whereas sometimes I I wonder because of the inherent experiential process of that like a lot of people may feel like you can't do that because it feels so contrary right it's either you stay home or you go out and travel you can't mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. experientially staying home and going out and traveling feels like they're opposed mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. what i'm hearing is that you've kind of found a way to <clears throat> reconcile those seemingly opposing experiences yeah i mean not completely 
And I wouldn't say that I do it well all the time, you know, and it does, you know, it does feel like you can't do both at the same time a lot, you know, but I think it's, you know, the work is sort of continuing to meld the two together, like maybe going back home and then traveling out and, and like discovering new places and stuff and then maybe coming home and telling people about it or something. You know, and it, you know, if what we're saying is true, then it all works together, right? It's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't need to like leave behind in total the stuff that I grew up learning about. It just has to work better with like experience, the experiences outside of that, if that makes sense. What kind of, how does that translate in a practical way to like your day-to-day life? Well, practically, um, there's always like questions. I always have questions, you know, like uh, even now, like what's maybe taught like in traditional, maybe conservative evangelical Christian churches feels a little like it needs to be challenged. (laughs) Um, And so like, it's just this continual, like finding more and more like revelation, I guess, through living life and encountering these tensions and stuff like that. Um, And other people with questions and talking to them and like trying to help them understand and live in this tension. Um, but like, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I'm sort of, I mean, obviously like try to employ spiritual practices that help me have revelation or like experience, um, God and, reality in a in a continual way and um then like when that comes into tension with like um you know like orthodox things or or sort of like the conventional wisdom or the things that i've been taught or the things that i hear from other people um then i have to sort of like try to discern for myself what i believe is true not saying that i always have it right but you know like if you have a framework that you're always interpreting reality with and it comes into tension with something that you experience like you either discard the experience or you have to start undoing the container or the Mm -hmm. framework Mm -hmm. right so that's that's a really good way to put it (laughs) so that's kind of you know, like the, the process a little bit. So has it been similar for you? You might've arrived at like the ability to discard some of the conservative or conventional stuff a little bit sooner. Um, maybe your upbringing wasn't quite as structured or, um, (laughs) You know, not your whole upbringing, but like you were not as indoctrinated 
or something. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't as yeah. My training per se, I guess, was was a lot less structured, you know. Uh huh. Um. So, so you just kind of maybe found your way to whatever you felt was true, without a lot of like indoctrination. Yeah, uh, you know, it seems kind of airy, and maybe some people might even think it sounds irresponsible. But <laughs> just, you just all, all I know is an, the experience I'm having. You know, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can listen to someone else and they may be sharing their experience and that's and that it may be really moving to me mm-hmm. but that's and maybe even you know really really inspiring but that's usually as far as it goes I I still have to at the end of the day deal with what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. and you know, I've had to find different ways of trying to understand to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like I said, I think other people's experiences can be really helpful and inspiring. But at the end of the day, when I, you know, when I go home, I, I still have mine. I'm still like that's still it's still there. It still has to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, I think at this point, that's kind of what, where I've landed is, you know, I've just had to find ways to, to deal with my own experience and, and understand it better. So how was it for you maybe to not have the, like, indoctrination that I'm talking about? It seems like you would have, like, just freedom, a little bit of a more of a blank slate maybe to be able to fill in the <laughs> yeah i would definitely say i had a, a a lot of freedom in a blank slate i think you know there's two sides to every coin i think that that was helpful in a lot of ways but i also think that there was some guidance that um i was really looking for and wanting and needing mm-hmm that I wasn't getting. And so, you know, when I was younger, I, I found different ways to, to try to find and get that guidance. And, you know, you know, there were periods of time where I was, you know, going to church and, and mm-hmm. reading the Bible, and that was really br- extremely rewarding and helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Uh during those times and um so yeah, had a blank slate but part of that blank slate was was difficult but i you know because i wasn't getting some kind of guidance that i needed some something mm-hmm. um but i you know i had found ways to kind of find that for myself and um you know i felt like i would gravitate towards a certain perspective um, 
and it would be really helpful and meaningful for me in a lot of ways deeply for a time Mm -hmm. and then I felt like you know once again my experience is talking to me saying one you know I need there's more something else you know there's Mm -hmm. there's more and so I would kind of gravitate towards towards another perspective Mm -hmm. so I think that was you know that was helpful for me Mm -hmm. yeah it, it makes me think like probably everybody has some sort of like place to start you know whether it's more of a blank slate or or you know something that you were sort of indoctrinated into you know and then the the process like later in your life is to um you might say deconstruct that but maybe it doesn't need deconstructing it just sort of like is the place that you started and then you just like continue to refine and find um you know measure your experience against what you have um you know kind of conclusions that you've arrived at beforehand and then like just continue to like it's like finding the sculpture in the marble Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something like that yeah you know like there's this thing that's being formed and you have to chip away certain things or maybe discard other things or yeah i i think the hardest thing is for us to give ourselves permission to do that Uh you know yeah because it can seem like there's a lot to lose and in some some very real ways maybe there is you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, but if 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 we're struggling with giving ourselves permission to do that because we think something like we're going to lose something which may actually be real you know we may or something bad's going to happen to us or something like that Uh that 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 fear can really keep us stuck in a way i think yes stuck Yep. Yeah. Like it's the fear of being wrong. Yeah. Fear, yeah. Sure. <laughs> what then, if I'm? Yeah. What if? What if I'm wrong? Which is like. I mean, I can reference a long period of time where I was kind of in that, really wrestling with that. What? What if I'm wrong? Uh-huh. And for me, like when I was in that period, the anxiety and the stress had just built up too much mm-hmm. do I just got to a point to where I just said like I I don't care if I'm right or wrong I can't deal with this yeah. anxiety and stress of trying to yeah be be right or figure out you know what I mean it was just too much yeah that that place of you know I don't care if I'm wrong is really useful you know um because it just kind of gives you this freedom to like discover what is true to keep challenging it and you know truthfully probably everybody's wrong yeah i mean i think i think that's helpful um to like lose your care (laughs) 
if you're wrong or not because it gets you like you probably find more truth that way than the other way than just have like having to narrow and hold on to like orthodox belief mm -hmm. or whatever um and so and also like you know if it is safe to like question if it is um safe maybe even to open yourself to up to revelation then um you can have this i don't like this attitude of or this mindset that i don't care if i'm wrong because it's safe even if i am yeah you know that's a huge that's a huge place to come to mm -hmm. right is there's a whole other level of safety that we're experiencing mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to come to that place of I even if I am wrong uh -huh. it's it's okay and I'm safe uh -huh. that's a whole other level of safety than I'm doing the right thing and because I'm doing the right thing I'm safe mm -hmm. and you may get some comfort out of that no sure, for sure but there's it, it's a way deeper and more tangible experience when uh -huh. you're coming from a place of I don't know if I'm right or wrong and that's not even what it's about and I'm safe it's a, mm -hmm. it's a deeper more more tangible safety I think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's one of the things that I've you know had trouble with with um, religion or um, the way that belief systems are wielded by people um, is that there's this um, like idea that uh, mine is right <laughs> you know um, this one belief system is right um, and that's the dualistic mindset you know that um, someone's right and someone is wrong you know or it, the implication is someone's wrong um, and it's just sort of wielded that way right like so you have to believe this this one thing in order to be right you know and ultimately not condemned <laughs> mm -hmm. you know or saved is what we call it um, and that's the whole problem I guess you know that that's the idea that like these these beliefs are are put forth like because um and it's and it's sort of like um you need you need to believe this so you can be be right and be judged um on the right side of the truth mm -hmm. you know which is problematic especially when you start raising those questions for yourself but what about people who have never heard this truth or these beliefs or whatever? It's problematic. Yeah. And then like in the Christian faith, I was talking about it last time. There's this whole idea of like, you have to like make the transaction, like believe this certain thing about Jesus or God. And, and then like, that's your ticket to heaven. Um, and so it's like, that's the one thing, you know, and part of the problem too is like now 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 what you know like are you just living this life for that whole thing for to make that decision and then 
the rest of your life is just sort of like waiting around for that to happen, you know? And it doesn't it doesn't help a whole lot when you're thinking about like the rest of the world and like where life is going or you know the um, the human species is going or like what's the what's happening in the rest of the world so like one of the things that I think about a lot or just a perspective that I take a lot is like maybe the world is gonna you know continue for another you know million or billions of years and, and it's just like continuing continually evolving in this transactional view of you know it's just about like believing this one thing so that you can go to heaven isn't is you know um maybe not untrue but it's not it's missing like the bigger picture of what's happening yeah so it sounds like what you're saying is like okay i got my ticket yeah to so nothing else matters salvation in heaven so i can now then just the rest of my life is doing life things and maintaining my life yeah or you could you know obviously try to get other people to believe the same thing but that's that's all that's the whole point but after that then there's no evolution yeah and there's not there's definitely not like um you know like a focus on how are we bringing about like something positive with on earth Mm -hmm. you know right because then you 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 know once you got your ticket you just go to work and take care of your family and yeah do the things but that's it just do your own thing because you're fine right you're saved or like safe Uh uh-huh you know so that's helpful for me to think about like maybe um Maybe like we're also to be focused on bringing about something positive in the world. So there's some people, there's some people like some Christians that believe like um, that God is actually like bringing about heaven on earth, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really, I really like that. Um, just like way of looking at things you know and obviously if you look around at the world and how people act and especially right now you know it's hard to believe that that would ever happen like anytime soon (laughs) but that if you believe like it is happening in this really slow way I think that's a really beautiful thing it also is sort of like comforting think and that may upset a lot of people though you think so that have i could see how that would upset some people Uh you know because they have an idea that no it's not it's not here on earth it's somewhere heaven is somewhere up in the sky Uh and it's totally different Uh you know Uh because they've Oh yeah, it's like that's like that's the what, traditional belief. That's what they got their ticket for. It's they don't... Yeah, they got their ticket, the golden ticket, right? And mm-hmm. 
if you get your golden ticket for that place and someone tells you what you're saying and you look around the world, you know, that would be difficult. Yeah. I mean, you can see the problem with that though, right? I mean, like, and you can see how people act because of it, you know, that like this world doesn't really matter that much because like, it's all about heaven. Mm -hmm. It's all about like just that realm eternity or whatever it's not about what's happening here you know it's just a total different mindset so that's one of the things like recently that's been really present for me that tension of like you know i think it might be the other thing that like good is being brought about on earth now mm -hmm. and you might even say like this is heaven you know if you want to get really out there but and it's just like coming about slowly you know yeah it's a different mindset well if you think too literally you know that's a difficult proposition to really entertain you know but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you're not thinking so literally maybe that's not such a crazy thing yeah what do you mean literally well I mean if if you're saying you know maybe heaven is bring, being brought about on earth now slowly mm -hmm. right that requires you to access more than just some basic linear black and white logic, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, so that's what I'm saying. If you just apply your mm -hmm. linear kind of black and white logic, then that doesn't doesn't square. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, so I think this whole idea of like dividing things into black and white or wrong and right or whatever is somewhat necessary, you know? I mean, it's just how we sort of like learn how to understand things, um, you know, that we, we sort of say this is this and that is that, you know, um, and separate, mm -hmm. right? And then this whole idea of like things are you know like heaven is being brought about on earth is the idea to me of like they're get also getting put back together then you know mm -hmm. like what we see is as good and evil you know the evil is not just being dispensed with or whatever but it's all but it's like actually coming back together as a whole like that's integrated integration yeah, yeah that's the non-dualistic maybe mindset right that we don't see um people as evil <laughs> and also maybe that like the evil things that we view as evil can be like brought back into the whole somehow that's kind of what my mindset is now yeah sort of a place that I've arrived I feel like that's a little more helpful to me 
than the other thing. And that makes sense to me because how could anything just be bad in and of itself? It, mm -hmm. it actually doesn't make sense at all. Mm -hmm. Or can how how can anything be just good and separate from everything else? It's mm -hmm. it, it's all tied together. Yeah, is what what you're saying. Like yeah, there's not you can't have one without the other, right? Yeah, right. You can't have you can't they they're they both. define one another they're both maybe different expressions of the same thing mm -hmm. yeah so you can't really you can't really separate them it's like being it's like being human <laughs> you know you're and we were talking a little bit last time about how you know you sort of discover these things within yourself that are you think are shortcomings or you know in uh, the faith sense we call it sin or um, evil um, and they exist within you, right? And so, you know, the one view is, is like, you know, the way that we deal with that is, you know, you, you need to, there's like punishment for that or whatever, and then you've been forgiven for it, right? But then it's sort of, this has sort of been my idea lately, is that um, maybe it's not just about like, being forgiven for that but also that like also like be, being accepted for that you know and also like if if god is just is allowing that like he's allowed so much evil you know that that's because it's all sort of being going to be brought back into the whole mm. eventually or something so mm -hmm. like the whole transactional view of you know getting your ticket to heaven is is fine maybe that's part of the story but but like also all of the the stuff we view as bad is also like okay in a way it's like gonna be brought back and sort of like integrated with the good like you said so you know, what you're talking about is like a different way of making sense mm -hmm. per se right we're not saying mm -hmm. that making sense is bad or wrong or anything like mm -hmm. that, but or understanding, whatever you want to say, right? But there's this approach that you're talking about, which is more integrative based on the fact that things are interconnected and cannot be separate and distinct from one another that that is that that that's another way of of making sense or understanding mm -hmm. yeah it's like yeah it's a different way of thinking it's the non-dualistic mindset which mm -hmm. you have to um you, you have to sort of arrive at that you know or or reality doesn't really make sense whatever making sense means yeah so you know everybody you know, per personally, we, we sort of understand these things about ourselves, which are good and bad at the same time. Like everything is a gift and a curse at the same time, right? So like your personality traits or like who you are, certain things about you 
can be good and and they can also be bad at certain times right so like what do you make of that you know i mean <laughs> if you have the dualistic mindset it's impossible to like reconcile that right mm-hmm. so it's either good or bad it's not both but usually most things are both yeah at the same time you know mm-hmm. absolutely so like I am introverted, right? So it's hard for me to talk to people, make new friends, um, say what I think. <laughs> uh, and it's that's good and bad, <laughs> right? Yeah, it depends on the context, right? A lot <laughs> of times, right? It's good because I think before I speak. It's good because I like to have deep relationships as opposed to a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. you know and that's also bad because sometimes I can't say what I think like I said you know so like it's the same it's just a quality right right from the dualistic mindset you can either say it's good or bad but from the non-dualistic mindset you can say it just is it's just a quality that looks different ways in different yeah contexts yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so I think that's a helpful way I think that's a great example of like looking at everything. So maybe that's one thing people could practically kind of do is like consider some of their own qualities, mm-hmm. right? And explore both sides of the coin of that quality mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in exploring that and seeing both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got a f- maybe more clear understanding of that, then you can take that experience and kind of apply it to the external. Yeah. So how would you do that, do you think? Well, it's just like you said, you know, like when you are considering your introversion, right? Mm-hmm. You can see how there are are are. are you, you you can you can see both sides of, of of the coin, right? How it can limit you and how it can really strengthen you, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, essentially, then you just kind of see that that they're all just kind of qualities either way. They just you know, mm-hmm. and if if you can do that and. take that understanding in relating to another person and considering their mm-hmm. qualities, then you're entering kind of into more of a mm-hmm. non-dual perspective in, mm-hmm. the, in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It just makes me wonder, like, what do you do with like abject evil (laughs) you know because there's things that appear to be like the consensus is it's bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know it's evil like Mm -hmm. things in the world like the holocaust yeah it's an easy one right this is evil you know like the hard part of this is how is that being you know brought into the whole 
you know absolutely so um but you know the the things that like even life and death are sort of like two sides of the same coin right yeah if we take that larger perspective then you know it's easy to say death is bad you know life is good but really on the largest scale that's not that's not it <laughs> you know yes yeah, they're just two sides of the same coin yeah you know so it gets really big it does I you know I've been using an analogy lately where you know if you're on the let's say you're you know um, in a downtown area right mm -hmm. and you're on the corner and you know it's uh, Monday morning and people are you know going back and forth doing their thing going to work you know going to meetings all that right and there's just mm -hmm. all of this activity mm -hmm. you're standing there on the corner that that's a whole different experience than if you go into the building on that corner and go up 20 stories you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it's the same things happening there's just a whole other experience and perspective happening mm -hmm. it's like getting a larger getting into a larger context mm -hmm. you know or like expanding your bubble mm -hmm. like we've talked about before yeah you know which is kind of what this is all about it definitely helps you know feels a little uncomfortable to do that I think but well, I think, you know, essentially like a really practical reason why you would want to consider more of a non-dualic perspective is, is because, I mean, if you can really step back, you, you have to understand you don't know mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I think a non-dual perspective give, gives you an opportunity is is kind of based off of I don't I don't know mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's a much more realistic mm -hmm. perspective rather mm -hmm. than we know it's, it reality is too complex for us to understand as, mm -hmm. as an individual we mm -hmm. you know so we need some approach that is at least going to give up give us a bigger perspective on something that's so complex you know like we have to take a bigger perspective to all of this complexity yeah i was in graduate school and you know i was talking to this lady who was helping train me and she was a cool like catholic lady and and you know, I was talking about this faith struggle that I was having or whatever, you know, that, um, you know, Christians just seem so sure about everything, you know, and I, and I question it and, and it doesn't always seem true to me. And, 
you know, she said she was talking about Jesuit priests who, you know, like their the start of their or one of their beliefs is just like you can never really know God. You know, as soon as you say that you know God, then you obviously don't. <laughs> right. You know, because how could you ever like understand it fully? Yeah. You know. I mean those guys, those 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 Christian kind of like monks and mystics, you know, and I mean they they were on to something. Somehow they you know they held on to the their Christian traditions, but they were also in a pretty cosmic mm-hmm spacious place you know what I mean I mean they're writing books called the cloud of unknowing I mean mm-hmm. how obscure and abstract <laughs> is that but that's that comes from you know I'm pretty sure like Christian mysticism uh-huh. you know yeah 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 so a helpful place to start is I don't know it's a pretty realistic place to start you know <laughs> yeah And the larger your perspective is, the higher your perspective is, the more it's, you know, you're able to sort of accept um, the good and the bad, Mm -hmm. both sides of the coin. That's nice. What do you think? Anything else you want to say? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot more, but we'll probably have to wait till next time. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll continue the discussion about, you know, how we personally arrive at a non-dual perspective next time. Take care. See ya. Where would you wander? What would it mean? There might be saviors, but no guarantees When we needed something, kind of like love I fell together, I guess, just because All my friends saw, you are relieved I no longer need your company And what's stuck in my throat is a mystery And what it is, is a heartbreaking, soul-shaking, overwhelming undertaking Yeah.